With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 50 years ago, if you were to ask Nebraskans or anybody what's on their mind on this Monday morning, June 20th, 1972, it might likely be how many days till the first college football polls come out. After all, Coach Bob Devaney and the Huskers are after an unprecedented third consecutive national title. I'd wager nobody on the continent outside of the Oval Office had half a clue about a third-rate office building burglary over the weekend. But just that happened early the previous Saturday. Just over two years later, it would stand as the most remarkable event in American political history, Watergate. Half a century since, there are still a lot of unanswered questions about the break-in. Who truly ordered it? What were the burglars after? And did President Nixon know about it before it happened? It was a collection of bungling, low-level functionaries from the Nixon re-election campaign, the Committee to Re-Elect the President, appropriately nicknamed Creep, who began the 1972 campaign worried that their guy, with Vietnam still raging, inflation growing, unemployment inching up, and a coming energy crisis, might lose. They had particular heartburn if the nominee turned out to be worldly, respected, smart, empathetic Edmund Muskie, Democrat senator from Maine. Jeb Stuart Magruder, whom Nixon plucked from IBM to run the campaign, started having meetings, told the staff, let's get creative. All of the ideas were illegal, breaking and entering, wiretapping, trespassing. And who better to pull this off than two former CIA operatives, E. Howard Hunt and James McCord, ex-FBI G. Gordon Liddy, and the U.S. Attorney General John Mitchell. Job one? break into the Democrat National Headquarters at the Watergate office complex, steal information, and tap a few phones. The five burglars were McCord and three former anti-Fidel Castro Cuban political activists, plus a commercial real estate agent who was a Nixon apostle. The particulars are so bizarre, you couldn't make them up. The burglars showed up in suits and ties, left bugging devices and chapstick tubes, had $2,300 in cash, in $100 bills, in serial number sequence, three pen-sized tear gas guns. They duct-taped the door locks behind them. They actually had a spotter, a guy named Alfred Baldwin, whose sole job was to sit in the window of the Howard Johnson Motel across the street, watch for police cars or anybody entering the building, and alert the burglars with a walkie-talkie. Well, Baldwin got caught watching a late-night sci-fi movie called Attack of the Puppet People on TV and missed the cop car and the three plain-clothed officers peeling off the bum squad dressed as hippies charged with rounding up drug peddlers and hookers enter the Watergate building and nab the burglars. Two of them were actually carrying address books with Hunt's name in them and circled which immediately tipped off Washington Post reporters Bob Woodward and Carl Bernstein that the CIA might be involved. 
The break-in was likely ordered by either Magruder, who after jail time found God as a Presbyterian minister, and or Mitchell, who later left the Justice Department to run the campaign. Magruder contended long before his death that Nixon ordered it. But Oval Office audio tapes, which later became Nixon's smoking gun three days after the break-in, had an agitated president demanding, who did this? At that moment, he could have saved his presidency, gone through the place chopping off heads. Problem, he had earlier ordered Liddy and Hunt to illegally spy on reporters, tap phones on political enemies, even his own cabinet and the White House staff. So, Nixon ordered the cover-up. What were these clowns after? Just access to sensitive information they'd use against Democrat candidates. They'd unleash a series of dirty tricks, targeting Muskie by releasing phony press statements on Muskie letterhead. The classy senator, intolerant of it, dropped out of the race after Creep targeted his wife. 69 of the president's men were indicted. 48 did time, including his lawyer, his chief of staff, and attorney general. Watergate also led to the Federal Election Campaign Act, the Freedom of Information Act, Open Meetings Laws, and the Ethics in Government Act. All of that from a botched break-in 50 years ago.